Hi, and welcome to the Orion Podcast with Jessa and Laurel. In today's episode, we connect with Vani of Dot Your Minds, a mindful sand art company focused on letting go. We could have listened to her for hours about the journey with sand and its metaphor for life. You can tell when we started to sink in and live in the now. That's Vani's gift to us all. Enjoy. Hey, Laurel. Hey, Jessa. Who is our guest today? We have Vani Shirur. I did it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> With us, um, she owns the company Dot Your Minds, which we're so grateful to have you. And Jessa, how are we connected to Vani? Well, we are connected to Vani through Hera Hub. At least I think we both are, because we both have met her separately, independently on our own, and now together. <laughs> and Hera Hub, we've mentioned quite a few times on here, but it is this co-working space and a community of mostly focused on women-owned businesses. And it's so great. And we're so grateful to have met you through there and connected with you um, and in multiple different ways through the events through Hera Hub. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure too. It's, uh, I mean, the kind of women I've met walking into the doors of Hera Hub are just unbelievable. It's been just nine months and my network has grown. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think we've been with Hera Hub maybe a similar amount of time. We're in San Diego and you're in Orange County, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm here in Irvine, California. And that is, um, for those that don't know, that's Orange County. Irvine is uh, on top of San Diego. It's nearby, still Southern California. And wanted to know, have you always lived here or how did you come to Orange County? And tell us a little bit about your beginnings in, in OC. Beginnings? It was, uh, I I landed in the U.S. in 1999, uh, and I've just married and got here. And there is a whole podcast, which I talked with Alina about my you know, arranged marriage, a whole life before. So I'll save that. But we were in Houston, and after four years of staying in Houston, it was a flat land. And I'd come here to visit a friend of mine, family friend of mine. And I had to come in spring when times like I think it was in 2001 and it you know when rain was not an issue the drought was not there yet I think and it was beautiful the mountain filled with flowers I went to Catalina and it was like uh, no heaven and I went back and told my husband if we have to live we have to live there and he's like wow your wish comes true within a within I think a year or so of saying that I mean I got pregnant and had my daughter and right, he got a job right here in Irvine, next to my friend's house. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think so. I didn't know about manifestation back then, uh, you know, when uh, many years ago. But then I realized now that the wish was so strong. And I think I could, I'm a dreamer. And I, I must have seen myself here so strongly. And I love mountains. And I always wanted to see a mountain from my window. And that's fulfilled too. So that's perfect. That's oh, how I that's came great. about to Irvine and it's been 20 years now or 19 years. Yeah. Been here all along. That's so. great. And so what have you know, and we met you obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but since it was through Hair yeah. Hub and your entrepreneurial, um, your business that you own, Dot Your Minds. And so I guess, what was your, like, were you staying home with your daughter? Were you? Oh, the, 
Have okay. you always been entrepreneurial? Like what's your, what's led you to where you are today without your minds? As I said, I was always a dreamer. Of the, my education is in, I'm a computer science engineer. And it's usually the story of a lot of H4 dependent visa women, Indian women who come by. We are all highly educated, uh, but we come here and we don't have the visa to work, right? And a uh, lot of times, now that things are changing, we are too above in our education to take up any job available, right? We have, we have a certain niche or niche that we are supposed to be working in. And if not, it's not the right thing to do. Uh, so I was in that zone. I was trying to look for computer science jobs for many couple of three years since I came, but without the, with the visa status uh, affects the whole job hunt. And that's when I got pregnant with my daughter and uh, she was born with a medical condition. So that I think overtook our lives. It's called epidermolysis bullosa. It's a skin condition where skin peels and doesn't heal. Ears to heal, and that's another. Again, that's on. That's so. That story is all in another podcast. I mean, it seems like we need to we need to link all these other podcasts. Yes, I uh, should. I attach them together. (laughs) I bet a lot of listeners will get a lot out of it because I'm really passionate about special needs. After I've had my daughter, because she ended up having a trach for breathing, so we were in the midlines between medical needs and special needs because she couldn't speak well initially. And now she's she's doing great. She's 19, she's in UCLA. So the most most of my life was defined by her or rather I, I think she led me into some kind of whatever I know today is because of the journey she led me through. And then I did whatever job came my way in between. Uh, anything that could take me out. And one of the, I think the focus through all this medical journey was to keep myself sane, bring up a confident young girl and keep my marriage sane, right? That's those three things was where my focus and we both worked pretty, um, I think really well balanced, my husband and I, and uh, he knew to give me my space. And I always worked on myself no matter what. Uh, in a sense, whatever I could find in the two hours I had after he came. Like I worked in Target. I've been a substitute teacher. And uh, I even tried another small business when I was a teacher for special needs. I did a, I worked with special need kids. And every stage in life had its own reasoning. And it made me the person I am. And working with special needs kids, I think during the time when my daughter had her special needs, that was a beautiful segue into me not self-pitting our life, right? It's like when you work with, my dad always said, it's like, you know, look at people who are worse than you. Like when you feel bad about your situation, just it's, you're not the worst. There's always somebody who is suffering way more than you. So don't focus on you. Just look out of you for doing those situations. And that helped me when I worked with special needs with mentally disabled kids. I came back home to my daughter and she was one of the most uh, reciprocative. You know, she's an intelligent girl. Yeah. And I had to do a lot of medical visits and uh, everything, but I was still thankful, grateful every time I came home. So I think that started defining me and uh, becoming more confident 
with myself because I was able to deal with this condition of her. This was just thrown into our laps, right? Like, how do you mm-hmm. figure out life after that without being still living our lives, still traveling, still doing all the normal stuff we are supposed to do? And somehow I, I got back into computer science and um, found a job, you know, with a friend of mine with Shaytech Inc. Uh, she was, I think, she, it was my breakthrough to get back into computer science after my substitute teaching. And that's where I still remember, I talk about it in Felina's thing too, is uh, she, we were just sitting over dinner and uh, she's like, oh, I wanna start this company. Um, I don't know, I just need help. I said, what kind of help? She said, yeah, I need somebody who can develop, who can code in Java and you know, can, I'm like, uh, I can do that. And because I had just come back, I had taken a certification, but never been able to use it. And then I just said, yes. And she said, are you sure? And she gave me this thick book to read over the weekend and I just read the whole weekend and Monday afternoon the following day I was in front of her doorstep I said oh I'm done so what next and she's like whoa whoa wait what what are you saying I'm like no you asked me to study read this up I'm ready like what do you want me to do how can I help you and that's how it began so I'm kind of uh, fearless that way <laughs> so yeah. I just take, it take takes it up it takes an entrepreneurial spirit yes. to, to be confident enough to go, yeah, I can do this. And what I really liked is that you were like, yes, firstly, yes, I'll give this a try. And then you studied <laughs> and you're like, I got it. No problem. What do you need done? And yeah. I, I feel like that's a defining characteristic of many entrepreneurs is they're like, whatever it takes to like get this thing done, yeah. I'll, I'll get it done. And so was your friend's business around, um, this mindfulness art no, or was no. a different business? Yeah. Not at all. That was completely information technology. It was something called a CRM. It's called Content Management System, CMS, where we just work for different companies like Arbonne and uh, we built those that software for them for managing their websites. It's all a backend stuff. So it was completely IT. I was project managing. I was QA, like that's another professional side of me. If you go to my LinkedIn, you'll see that side of me. And all throughout this journey, I think one thing that kept coming back always is that something didn't feel like the connection wasn't coming, right? Anytime. And I always, I was always in search of this connection. Something didn't feel right. Why? 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 And listen to a lot of podcasts and you know, a lot of these motivational speakings, a lot of gurus uh, talking about life in general. And maybe because we were around, we are around that medical, you know, when I'm in those hospitals, it's like a whole day of wait. Like we go uh, every two, three months, we gotta go in and dilate the trach. And all those times give you a good balance. Like, okay, life is not about just hustling. So then what is it about? It's about human connections for me. And that was really important. And after, I mean, living with her is what I think had already become mindful because I had to live in today. I had to live in today. We had to soak in every single thing we had that day and just be happy with what we have kind of and not compare. And what made me, what keeps coming up for me when I'm listening to you talk about this is a lot of stamina. Like the, mm. the whole thing, like being in the medical office and working through this, it's, 
it's an endurance test and it's almost a marathon. And, and some people often think that being mindful or meditating or slowing down and letting go is a marathon, not a sprint. It takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication. And so being with your daughter in those very trying situations, it taught you really intense life skills of patience, endurance, stamina, confidence, like yes. yeah. sticking with it. Right. I could see this when I first found after. So um, finally, in 2016, I found a full-time job. Finally, after 10, 12 years, I mean, I was actually going into an office from nine to five and she was in high school now. And it was so easy for me going in, even into the really highly stressful stakeholder meetings, because like I've seen worse. It's like, what are you guys talking about? It's like, I could see stress all around, but for me, I'm like, I'm not scared of anything. I know if you work hard, like it's really simple, right? It's, you just don't no worry too much about the result. What am I supposed to get done now? Like do an eye contact, go ask the right person, put the right people in the right room and be human, you know, at the end of it, don't forget that your teams are human and everybody needs that human connection. And I still remember for me, going into a stakeholder meeting with the customer while some everybody else would be like, oh my God, it's like customers, we gotta be doing this. For me, it's like, you you be a president, you're either you even if you're my you're the president or you're the janitor, really doesn't matter to me. It's it is how you treat me and how I treat you. And we're all human at the end of it. And I could even see so many similarities between me when I was a substitute teacher with 35 kids in the classroom versus these five people in this boardroom talking. I could say, oh, that's Johnny there, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, you could. <laughs> but those, that comes from awareness. You have to be aware of something more than you and not being consumed with your own anxieties and feelings. You're so internally worried about yourself that you stop noticing things around you. And that's when stress comes in. I think that's so important. Like, it's such an important perspective to have. And I think all of us, it's so easy to get caught up in, in this world or this microcosm that we're in day to day in a workplace or an organization. And especially for people who I think are naturally entrepreneurial or performance driven, like you, you want to do your best. And Laurel and I have talked about this quite a bit because I'm, I, my mindset is I can get, don't get me wrong. I can get caught up in like a tizzy and but for most of it, I'm just like, this isn't that big of a deal. And that's something that Laurel and I talked about. And one of our core values is humor. And we've talked about this. Well, it's also joy. And from what we do, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. You know, like, I mean, there are certain like industries that things are a really, really big deal. They're yes. very, very important, but that's not us. And it's probably not software development. And you know, they're just things that people get really worked up about. And even then it's like the people who are able to keep a calm head and keep level-headed in those high pressure, intense situations, whether there is a real or a perceived pressure are the ones who are going to come out on top. Oh. And, and especially for leaders, I think people who are leaders need to recognize this more than anybody because your team feeds off the energy mm. that you're putting out. And so if you're spun up, if you're wound up, if you're having a bad day for whatever reason, or you're stressed about something that the team doesn't even know what's happening, 
like people feed off that. And I think, you know, coming into mindfulness and awareness and meditation and all these things are what can really help keep you grounded when these surprises come up throughout the day. Right. right. It's, it's so simple. Like today, um, I was at Hera Hub, one of our friends there, she was, she had like three, three calls at the same time. Somebody was calling her and I, I went to her. I said, oh, so-and-so wants to talk to you. And she had, she, I'm amazed at how composed she was. I knew she wanted to just slap me right because she already had so many things on her plate. And then I go, go in there, I'm like, oh, she wants you to call her. She's like, oh yeah, I'm on like this call, this call and this call. And I mean, but I can sense it, right? You know, if you gotta be, if I was consumed with my own stress, I would not have sensed what's going on. I'm like, okay, she needs her space. I'm like, okay, call her when you're done. And then I left the space, but she too did not react extensively. Like, you know, that if she, she had all the reasons in a way, like I've seen my managers do that, but it's that composure that you talk about. And a lot of us women are amazing at that. Like we can handle pressure, like nobody's business. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that's inspiring because I was just envisioning you as you're talking about your wife and your marriage and trying to find a job and managing all this. I just kept thinking like you are a superwoman because instead of freaking out and stressing everybody else up around you, you're like accepting that this is happening and going with it and letting go. And I would say many entrepreneurs, I'll speak for myself letting go and not controlling a situation or surrendering into the present moment is the most difficult task at hand for me. True. It is so hard to let go. And when I saw your work um, with this sand art, um, I the, the first feeling I had was I'm going to create this beautiful piece of sand art, right? And I want to take a picture of it and I want to frame yes. it. And I, put it, I like immediately wanted to keep it. <laughs> Yes, and that's like, the first thing to come through. Yes. Not let go of it. Yeah, but the yeah. whole process of, of like you lifting it up and all the sand comes off. I was like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's such a simple thing. So that's, I think, over a period of time, I built that resilience within me. And then it was just about time um, after five years of corporate life. It, I mean, I was loving what I was doing. Just reorganization happened and I got laid off and stuff and COVID hit and um, I lost my mom. That was, I think, the hardest uh, part of last year. But I think she is in me every single minute of the day. I can sense her in my behaviors, in my, everything I'm doing. It's like, she's right there. She's like, no, 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 no. Just watch (laughs) it. Just here, here, here. So that's when I got on to uh, I'd been listening to a lot of these uh, manif- you know, motivational speakers, I told you, people from the, how do you call these people, like Abraham Hicks, Esther, I don't know if you guys have. Spiritual uh, advisors. Yeah, spiritual advisors. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the word. Because I think there is nobody else you could ask those questions to. You know, you ask YouTube, at least it's kind enough to give you what to ask for. And uh, so you, you just keep listening and deciphering everything that's being said into your own language. That's why you can hire hundred coaches unless you you know how to coach yourself, it's gonna be of no use. So it's that self-talk I wanted to change in my head, right? It's it, that's 
that's my constant struggle. It's like, nope, that's not how you got to speak to yourself. Change it, change it. So I did, I'd been doing that. Now I wanted to, you know, understand this, uh, what do you say, being taught by somebody, right? You need a guru for somebody teaching you these things. So one of them was mindfulness practitioner course I took in last year. And that opened my eyes about what I was already doing, putting it in terms of pillars. There are seven pillars of mindfulness. And each, any day when you're in, when you're stressed or any of these uh, behaviors that are not working for you, if you could use one of those seven pillars, we can talk more about that in a bit, but that's all you need because we all, brain is so unbelievably massive in the sense of information it can hold. It's, it's not even one lifetime is enough to take it, right? And so you need the tools. That's why you need tools to live by and mindfulness is one of those tools. And um, that's why after the practitioner course, I started doing the art, which was uh, where it all clicked in my head. It's like, oh my goodness, this could help people. And I had already done this three years ago with our friends, Indian friends, just sitting down and creating this beautiful sand art because they all grew up making this art. So I didn't have to teach them. I just offered sand and a place to do it. And the smiles on their, these women's faces were like, it left me thinking, wow, it could be so it's such a simple thing we did. I just called them over and they didn't want to leave. They were so excited and happy to do this. And that's when I had already written my business plan, like 2018 or 2017. I have a whole book written up, like in, like, like the book I read for my friend for that job. I had this idea. I had written it all up, um, the whole deal. I have the image of my studio written up. But things changed, and I got this house where we are living right now. And it's all, it all dominoes falling, you know, standing right in line because this is where I met. Vicky, one of the friends we have here in Heraha, she has been guiding me. Like she's, she's my guiding light, I call her. She <laughs> ended up coming in front of my house. And, and I started attending these. Uh, this is, I think, one of the golden nuggets. If anybody ever, you know, we are a lot of women, a lot of us are in that path of, oh, I know this is not right. I should not be doing nine to five. I know I have this dream, a sewing company, uh, you know, something of that sort. But don't give that up, right? And of course, you can't give up your nine to five. You gotta, you need a roof over your head. So if you could find these meetup groups like Hera Hub or some kind of place, that's what happened to me with Vicky. This neighborhood I came in had a business connect group. And I knew there was a calling somewhere. It may not be today. It may not, it may not even be in this lifetime. Who knows? But I said, okay, all I could do is just feed her a little bit of taste of what it is to do business, right? The best way is, is to hang out with people who are doing what you want to do and see how it feels like. Yeah, like absorb, and, absorb yeah, it. Yeah, because it's the same with, um, I tell my friends to always share what they do on Facebook and social media because I can't be on top of Everest. I can't be doing, ev I can't visit every city. At least we'll look at it from others' eyes, right? You can't do it all. You just... That's why, again, human connections are important, right? I see this place through your eye, and I'm happy that, oh, wow, that looks great. You know, that's fine. I can't be there. That's okay. I'm not sad. 
But that's how I started attending those business connect groups. I had no, I had no business, nothing. It was just sitting there and listening to these stories of few women, men, and trying over and over again. There is a soap lady, uh, and she's still figuring out the cover for it. And then she's like, every time we met every month, she's she kept this, she kept getting these new soaps she created. And I'm like, oh my God, when are you going to launch in my in my head but then now I know like she's I if people ask me I don't know if I've launched it's a process (laughs) it is and I think what you just said is so is so helpful and I hope that's something that you know I'll say this hopefully is a takeaway is that you don't have to have a business to talk to people about starting a business if you are interested in doing something new with your career if you're interested in starting a business and I think that my perspective is that, you know, cause I'm, I'm launching my shirt center project is that forever. It's like, okay, you need your pitch deck. You need the MVP. You need like, you know, angel funding, like yeah. series A, yeah. all this, these like business words. And it yeah. was so intimidating. And, and I started like, gosh, um, like probably five or six years ago when shirt center was just this tiny, teeny little like seedling in my head. I just started going to San Diego startup week. I'm like, well, I need to learn somewhere. And so I would go there and I kind of same as you, um, I kind of knew I wanted to do something. I was kind of in the shirts on a direction, but I just was like, screw it, whatever I'm here. I put shirts on as my business on my business like name tag. And I just went out there and I learned a lot and I learned some of the terms and terminologies. I met some people that I never connected with outside of there, but it, it kind of, I wasn't, how do I say, I was afraid to do that, but I still did it. And in people, especially in the entrepreneurship community, and especially in some of the communities that we know, like the ones you, people been there, you know, like, don't be afraid to just say like, I have an idea. I want to do it. And if people, if you're getting shut down, try someone else. Like that doesn't mean it's just like that person, they're a jerk. They're hung up in their own stuff. Ignore them. Come find us. We'll help. Right. (laughs) It's the business as I think what you said about this entrepreneurial world the sisterhood that comes with it, it's unbelievable. There's no competition. You know, it's, we are, we come, we all come from an abundant feeling that, you know, if I say this idea out, I know somebody's going to capture it. That's it. That was initially, but it's this, this world is so uh, embracing of all the newcomers. That's exactly what I feel with Hera Hub and this other group I'm part of called Integrous Women. Um, it's a social entrepreneurship and all these women, you can just say whatever you feel like and mm-hmm. somebody will be there to catch you or, you know, there's nobody shunning you for saying that out loud. Unlike if you're in a corporate world in a team, I'm like, oh my God, I just said that I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> yeah. And I think, or sorry, Laurel, um, I was going to say too, something you just said about sharing your idea so I had gotten advice for years saying, do you have this trademark? Do you have this copyrighted? Oh, yeah. Don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. And then I got scared and I'm like, okay, I have the best idea in the history of ideas. So naturally everybody wants to steal it. Right. <laughs> so I stopped talking about it. And that's what we all think as entrepreneurs, yeah. like, oh, this is the best idea. Like, yeah. and then like two years ago, I was at some panel with you know, a panel of entrepreneurs talking. And one of the guys said there, he's like, no one's going to take your idea. He said, that's one of the worst pieces of advice you could get 
is to not share. And I've taken that and I've shared that with anyone I've spoken to because we know like it is so hard to start a business. And I'm like, I would joke and I would like, fine, if you want to go make shirts on a, please make it at least then I can just finally buy one because yeah. it is really, really hard to steal someone's Seriously. idea and do, take it. Seriously. <laughs> Not impossible, but I was going to say too, I'm sorry. Sorry guys. Yeah, if I don't say this, I'll forget, but it's once you put it out there, what you want, that's when things start coming to you. Yeah. Because if people don't know that I want shirt sauna, if they don't know that you're working with sand art for mindfulness, yeah. they can't help you. No. I'll no. stop now. That was so <laughs> relevant. Bonnie, it was like, I, I 100% agree with you. And my little anecdote is that when I was getting into the business world, I would see all these women's groups. I work for big engineering firms, really like global engineering firms. And we'd have all these women's groups. And I'm like, oh, it's not for me because the people whose job I'm chasing are all men. And I just want to be like them so I can take their jobs. That was, that was kind of like what I thought was just, I'm just going to be like these guys. And now with Estelle Co and Jessa, and we're, we're starting to like belong to these women's groups. Mm. I'm like, Oh my God, we're so much better. Like the way, uh, women's groups are so much better than everybody else <laughs> because we don't hoard and we all want to, to give and connect and support and lift up. It just naturally is on our nature to be like, Oh, Bonnie does a uh, sand art. Uh, maybe she can join this festival or go to this corporate event or come on this podcast. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like we're all in your business with you. Oddly. <laughs> True. And it's the ego. I think we have, I wish we had a little more ego women and not have imposter syndrome, but I think in the men's world, by the time you defend the men's ego, you're tired. It's like, oh my God, before I hurt, you know, them, they're here. You, everybody is so, uh, everybody's doubting themselves so much that we all need our little more egos. And it's okay when you come out, actually, you're helping somebody else. Like the moment I came out and started doing this, one of my friends, she had been sitting on this idea of uh, getting a painting business done. And I walked with her twice. We went on a hike during COVID. Like the fifth week, she had it up, our website. And I'm like, whoa, that was quick. Not website. I think she had an Instagram and everything. And she's, she called out to the whole world, I'm doing this. And I was, and I think I gave her the confidence. I want to keep, I want to say that because she had not done this in many years. <laughs> but yeah. you never know who you're going to inspire. It's like, oh, well, if she can do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's why we have you on this podcast. And that's why Jess and I, you know, interview the people that we do, because something is going to resonate with somebody and mm -hmm. inspire them to just put it out there and, and stop getting in their own way. Like, yeah, put it out there and receive it. So where does, um, when did you like put out dot your minds and like go, okay, world, the sand art is happening and I'm, I'm leading it. Yeah. And I still, I, I have it all. I'm a writer, so I love writing. So, so I write down every single thing. Like if you, if I die, you can read my life story in a book. But uh, so I think it was April 17th. And thanks to uh, an Integris Women, this is the other group I'm part of, I said, and I presented it to them. I, 
I couldn't believe it myself that I've grown up with this art and what am I, I'm putting a twist on it. What am I trying to do? Because the dream itself was to have a studio, but COVID has hit and I could have sat on it for a year now, fretting over not getting a job and trying to get a job, which I really didn't want to get. And and I said, okay, I hope, how can I change this? How can I pivot? Because sand and art, these things have to be done in person. I want to experience that expression, what people have, and create that space for them. That's where, um, that's where I get my joy too. But then I said, okay, how can I do this? Oh, it's virtual world. Oh, this is a this is a pencil art. Like this one. Like, so this is it, right? This is oh, I cannot show it. Where is it? In the background, you can't see it. Yeah, there. Right. So I could do this online. So the first thing was for me to come out and start believing in myself. So I gathered these women, created my event brides. And I think the first, one of the first events, I think it was almost 17 people showed up. And, uh, That's good. and yeah, and I didn't know much about That's meditation. Really good. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, lot. And then, um, and a lot of them never came back, but that's fine. But it was all my first time. And it was enough for me to believe in myself that first step. That's all I needed. And there is this lady from Integrous Woman called Caroline. I still remember the talk I had with her. She, that's exactly what she said. Actually, I'm like, I don't think I know what I'm trying to do here. And I talked to her for almost an hour. And she has a completely different field, what she works in. I think she's into um, adult recreational toys kind of thing. And she is, she's very free. She's a liberated woman, I call her. And what I do and what she does is completely opposite. And she, could, she was able to give me that advice almost. She's like, no, go ahead and try it once. No, like, you've got nothing to lose. I'm like, yeah, I have nothing to lose if I try it. I've, what else am I doing anyway? And that's when I interlaced um, breathing and this art together. It was more for my health too. And uh, that's how it all began, April 17th, I think, 2020. And I think the name, when did I think of that? Around that time, I think, with my brother, we sat down and he's an entrepreneurial kind too. He's a writer, he's in India. And he's the one, he's like, this seems good. Akka, Akka is what we call sisters in India. And he, I think, he gave me that name, like dot your minds. It's made of dots. And then it's the reason I call it dot your minds is, you know, crossing your X's and T's. What is that uh, line? Eyes. Crossing your T's and dotting your eyes. Eyes, right? So Mm -hmm. that is, you say that when you want to be perfect with something, right? So what is the most important thing in your body is your mind and a heart, of course, but if you can dot your mind, like you, if you can cross, if you can keep that stable, like until the last breath of your life, you'll be fine. So it's the mind that matters at the end of the day. So that's why I called it dot your minds. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't think of anything else of whether there is art. I didn't overthink it. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't ask people's opinions like usually people do. And it just resonated and I kept it. And, and great. I really and- like it. Or sorry, yeah. Laura, go ahead. I was just going to say, walk, um, like walk us through how you create sand art mm-hmm. specifically what, so people can visualize it in their mind. Yeah, sure. So the way 
you would do it when somebody comes into a studio. I keep talking about the studio. It's just any space. It could be a backyard. You invite me for your corporate event. It could be any of those. It's the most, I've simplified it into a form. I'll tell it to you in, it's three different forms, but I'll start with the one form, which I'm doing right now, which is easy and uh, easily acceptable and doable, right? It's usually it comes with, I pour sand in bottles, like it's all colorful sand. And then you're given a sheet of paper wherever you're sitting, like it's on usually, I would prefer it on floor, but let's say paper on a table is better. And then you come in and we pour sand and I give you spoon, forks, you're not eating the sand, you're gonna play with the sand and the tools. So I show you tools, uh, some tricks of how you, what kind of strokes make what designs, right? It's pretty intuitive at the end of it, but then because it's so new, the first session I usually show it to people. And then after the 10 minutes, uh, we start with the body scan meditation, depending on what the crowd is like, if I'm in a wellness event, I would do a lot of mindful body scan uh, effect. If not, I just show it to you. And this is mostly testing your attention span and your skill of listening and hearing, right? And then once I show you the art, it's all up to you. And then to repeat what I'm doing in front of you, then we take a final picture. It could be uh, a whole circular sand art with many circular dots. And then you know, imagine a fork going through a sand and then making it like flowers. And then you pour more sand in the center. So it becomes like a, it, it's depending on different colors and different tools you use, you come up with a design and you can go on for one hour, two hour, three hour. It can as much as you need, but usually one hour is uh, what I hold my events for. And once you do that, you and I do let people take pictures and I have to take it for my Instagram. (laughs) So uh, even though it's a little against the art of letting go, it's at the end, I have a brush for you, which is the hardest part for people that you slowly brush it away. And so that it's not too traumatic. And if you have a little more time than one hour, we separate out the sand. If we can, like depending on how the, how we have laid it, and that kind of saves me sand too. Uh, but it's so if it's yellow on the edges, we separate it out, pour it in an, a a small bottle, right? That's what I was then thinking. Can, I was thinking about if you get rid of it all, then you've mixed the colors of sand yes. and you can't use it again. I was like, no. no, yeah, that's what happens. And I use it for practice uh, later at home, uh, but then. Right now, the way I do it is I take a bottle of sand and you can start layering it up. Now that you've separated it, you layer it up like yellow, red, pink, and you, you have a memorabilia to take, take home of the time you spend together with the, as a couple, as friends, you know, oh, yeah. you take it home. And Yeah, I was just going to ask like, or uh, sorry if I'm... Uh-huh. Please continue, but the, the, what I was going to ask for after this is like, what type of events, like who... Like, what are some oh, ideas for events? Because I, I have like five in my head, but I'm like, okay. well. <laughs> yeah, one of the most uh, favorite events of mine is uh, friends getting together, you know, after a long time or just catching up over tea or something, you know, meeting. And even though I don't, because I I don't want it to be too 
chaotic that you lose the effect of the sand because what happens is you've got to have a little more focus to make sure sand goes a certain way. If not, it'll all come together. So it's, but it's so easy. Sand is so easy that you don't mind doing this and talking. It's not like painting. For me, painting is hard. Um, and that's why it's usually girlfriends. That could be a good party to get you know, mindful tea and sand out our party. And then it could be couples doing one art together, like a good, nice music going on and, and teaching you. And uh, it's just relaxing in each other's company and yourself. That's how I look at that. And it could be the, the most, imp- because I'm in, I've come from corporate, I'm a scrum master, I'm a project manager. I understand what stress teams go through. And I used to be part of a fun committee. I know that that's so important uh, for teams to mingle and meet in a different environment that's easy and not judging. Because with, with painting, what happens is you know that your friend can see that you can't paint, right? It's, you're still judging each other. Yeah. And you're, <laughs> and you're scared to do a mistake because it stays with you, right? Oh my God, I got to take this horrible painting home. I'm like, I just need to throw it away throw in my basement yeah (laughs) so but with sand that's not the case like if you know that it's not going with you and if you don't want to take a picture if it's bad enough it cannot I mean I promise you it cannot be bad I've noticed that like the more relaxed you are and you flow with the strokes and saying you're not exactly copying what I'm saying too you're still making a beautiful piece of art yeah, I think this is exactly as you're talking. I'm like, well, for to me, I'm like, duh, like corporate teams, corporate, because especially now with everyone have been separated for so yeah. long with COVID and now offices, at least in California, other places I know probably are a little sooner, but like people going back to the office, mm-hmm. like this seems like the perfect time and way for people to reconnect. And because there it is, it was a big shift to stay home, the pandemic, and now it's a big shift to go back to like that standard nine to five. And so having something that grounding, like exercise that you connect with your team over just, I don't know, it seems like a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. It's like a impermanence of the sand, right? That's the best part. Like if you think of like close your eyes and you think of sand, you think of beach, you think of relaxation, like you cannot be uptight and stressed and anxious while you touch sand. It's impossible because the more tighter you hold it, it's going to let go away more. Like oh, there's so sand, many metaphors with sand oh, and yeah, all this. I, I never even, for, I, I like, can, oh, I yeah, love it. It's, it. it's so many metaphors. I can write, I know I keep writing my, I have a monthly blog and I have a art of letting go newsletter that goes out Ooh. every I realize I can't say this all in one sitting with anyone. It has to go out in the form of letters and small stories. And so the harder you hold on to sand, it slips away. It's the same thing with anything we do in life. And even this experience of us having stayed home and we don't want to let go of this comfort we've gained. But we this kind of tells you the harder we hold on to it, you know, it's going to get boring and it's, uh, we are not meant to stay home and work for sure. Yeah. And I, I feel like part of my life, I'm, I'm building this project, like this big power plant in the ground mm-hmm. and us engineers, like 
we're stressed out and we're doing like very, very detailed work. And now I'm just envisioning like my CEO and my COO doing sand art. And I'm like, I've got, I have to get these guys. Yes, <laughs> um, that's true. I feel like it would just release us all from the stress yeah. of building and capital raise and deadlines and timelines and money and paying people yes. and hiring and just, ugh. Yeah, it's too much for, and the moment you can imagine, like, say it's, say you have a stressed out marriage or a family, right? And you're coming together to do a puzzle, right? It's still puzzle is like, you're still stressed out to look for things. For painting for me, it's like, it's still, again, I said it because it leaves you with that image that I can't do this. That's how a lot of paint, a lot of us are not artists. But with sand, it's like, what, like, that's the first thought you'll get is, what have I got to lose? It's sand. Come on. It's like so easy. Like, who can mess up sand? And you at least are willing to try. And you loosen up all of a sudden. And now you're amongst your CEO friends or your managers or your um, teammates whom you're frustrated with, right? You're sitting next to them. But because you're dealing with sand and you're watching him or her do that, you know, just the swirls in sand, being a kid, not worried, because you can't possibly control sand, uh-uh. right? It's it's the idea of us thinking that we can control the outcomes is what makes us stressed. Mm-hmm. That's humbling. Right? Yeah. It's, Isn't it kind of, for lack of a better word, it's almost ridiculous, right? Yeah. It, kind of, it kind of shows you like, this is all so ridiculous. Yeah. I feel more at peace just having this conversation and I'm not joking. Like when I started, I'm like, okay, let's do it. How are we going to do this podcast efficiently? And now I'm like, sand. Yes. (laughs) Those little grains. How much sand is there in the world? (laughs) Sand is everything, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's like that. It's the texture and just the thought of it. And as you said, the metaphors that it can lead to the moment you, the moment people sit down and start thinking like, well, somebody else in the last event Saturday, we had, I had one of my first 17, 16 women trying this at the same time. That's the latest uh, really would have seen from a friend of mine. And she's designing these uh, retreats for women. And I was part of that. Uh, And one of the women, she said, oh, my God, I think you can tell so many things just by the way we are uh, playing with sand, can't you? I'm like, yep, I could tell every person's nature just by looking at how they're approaching the way they are doing this art. Because some of them want to control, they're so stressed. Oh my God, why the heck is sand going all over the place? It's not doing what I wanted to do. And somebody else is like so relaxed. Oh, forget it. It's not good. I can't control it. And she's just moving the cup all over the place. And oh my gosh. Was- oh, sorry. This is like, when you're talking about this, it's reminding me of our friends at XQ. I am, we have, we've had them, they're advisors to us and they're out of Irvine And except they do like the disc personality assessments and they walk into a room and after, you know, they see your personality profile and they're like, this person's going to want to talk for 10 minutes before the meeting. This person's not going to say a word during the meeting. This person's going to dominate the meeting. So I feel like we should introduce you to them because then this exercise would be such a great way to show how the disc profile plays out. (laughs) Oh my God. That'd be cool. Because 
this does say uh, so much. Even I was writing up because I need to write up uh, new pitches and you know start connecting with HRs and uh, uh, different um, you know small business owners who want to have these team building events. So I was designing this uh, team game kind of almost not even game for say a manager wants to hire right. They do. They never get an insight, especially because they've been sitting at home and they haven't seen each other. You don't get to know their behaviors as managers, and you want. And there are some really heartfelt, really kind human managers out there who want to be meaningful, who, who want to make a meaningful difference in their employee's life, not just get work done. So for those kind of people, so just giving the sand and giving the just watching other team members work with their sand art gives you insight into, oh, this person is attention to detail. This person is getting stressed out with something new. And this person is trying to control the sand. And this other person is, okay, is ready to learn something new and ready to fail, right? Those, there's so much you can learn as managers. And the same thing with teams. Within their teams, it's like, oh, if I let, uh, I still have to design those, uh, you know, the whole thing. But there's so much you can learn and and all this while you're getting relaxed. I think that Jess has hit the nail on the head with the XQ Innovation Connection because the work they do, there's, I think, 30 million data sets they have in their database of personality types. And the reports that we get out of their work are like 40, 45 pages long, and none of them are alike. So you have this unique set of knowledge and information. And if somehow, like Justice said, you're able to connect um, team building and sand art into this disc profile, it helps you organize the right personality people in the right seats. Yeah. Like if somebody is, if somebody's like, oh, hey, let's do this part of this pink sand. If we do the pink sand first before the yellow sand, yeah. then you know that person is a great team leader or problem solver. And if another person is like, sitting back and holding space and like letting everybody do it. And then slowly encouraging, you know, that that person's great at holding space for others and they would thrive in that role. Right. Just be such, I know I always laugh because like half of our podcasts end in like a borderline business development call where we're like, okay, you should talk to this person. I think this would be a good idea. Um, but yet like, okay, again, I don't want to hammer this point home too hard, but it would be so great to see it in action. So it's like, you get these reports and it's like, okay, this is like your profile and this is what you are. But to have like this actual activity that yes. shows the expression of that, where everyone in a group could see it happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And at it's the like, same time. oh, this is what these profiles mean. Like, Me. and this is and how I can best all, work with other people. And it's all okay. Like, like the greatest thing learning about, about it is, everybody's different and it's great. So like, okay. I, yes. I don't need to put myself in situations. If I'm, if I'm not ready to hold space for somebody, I don't need to, to be hired in that role. Like if, if I'm a pioneer and a driver, like hire me in that role, because if there's somebody that's really, really, really uh, opinionated or, uh, you know, forceful, you don't want them in a, in a role that doesn't fulfill that, that personality. And then right. you're just keeping them down. So, and then it's such a, it's on a solo level too. So if you don't, uh, even if you take all the teams out, right, if you're, you're, even yourself as an individual, finally, it comes down to mindful awareness of that's, I think, takeaway number two. 
is okay, I do the sand art, you come with me for one hour, maybe you are, you know, kind enough and you get do get this, um, you know, uh, the newsletter from me, but what next, right? What next? And but I need you to take the awareness that comes as you do this activity. And then maybe, you know, attend, I want to keep giving workshops, hopefully in July, I'll give some one of at least I'll start with one of how do you live mindfully on a day-to-day basis? How do I take this learning on my every hour, every minute, every second living so that I feel alive and joyful doing whatever I'm doing? Right? Because <laughs> life is like life is happening right now with you and me. Our one hour of our life is happening right now. It's not between the you know vacations or it's not between the weekends. It's not all it's right here, like right now. So if we can keep pulling ourselves into that, like that awareness light, if it can, if we can keep, you know, keep it turned on so that that way you're not reactionary. You will be, I guess, you know, but at least you're aware that, oh, I'm a reactionary. Oh, this is just a thought that I'm worrying. You know, just you can, if you can put that thin mindfulness, that's what it does to you is puts that, thin film around you, like a, like a one-inch border perhaps, is, gives you that space to think. But to get there, it's a practice. It's an everyday practice. And this sand art tool, it's just a tool because it lets you, and anything uh, to, to that extent that flows, right? Something that you can go in the flow. That's why cycling feels so good. That's why exercise feels so good because you are in a flow and that's that's when you're pausing. You're actually like, uh, for me, the biggest analogy I use is paddle boarding, right? It's um, when you're paddle boarding, the waves are like your thoughts, right? It's gonna keep coming, like it's gonna keep on and on. But then if the paddle board is your mind and you're standing on top of it, how do you stay standing? By not paying attention to the waves that are coming, but to how you can stay stable on that paddleboard. And so if we can capture that core within ourselves and not let go of that, and the mo- and a lot of times in a day, I feel the shift and I know, oh God, it's like, I'm shifting. No, 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 it doesn't feel good. A breath here, now, water, food, what do I need? There is something, <laughs> what do I need? <laughs> so it's one of those. But then to get to that awareness, I used to be way more reactionary. I would just snap. At, uh, you know, like nobody's business, but I've worked on myself so much that I don't, at least I should ask my daughter, but still, I don't snap so much anymore. And that's what I want to teach out there is being happy with your own existence, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, if something happens to us tomorrow, just to stay happy, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's living in that moment. And it's, and giving ourselves the permission, like you said, it's to do those mistakes as we are making the sand. It's okay to try new things. Try that new stroke in the sand. And yeah. that's just a tool, which was in our culture, I guess, it's a, they knew women needed this more than anyone because we are multitaskers. Yeah. Yes, our brains are very braided on a regular basis. Yes, and <laughs> um, true. And what would you say is your third takeaway? 
I think the third takeaway is just remembering that I think this, I always like to leave with this is anything you, you know, you can't hold on to anything for too long. It's just like as simple as a breath, right? To make place for a new breath, you got to let go of the old breath. You got to breathe in. I know oxygen's great and all, but you can't keep it in for too long. Even the most precious thing on earth, oxygen, you got to let it go to make space for new. So if you live by that really simple ideology that when you feel the strain in your body, it's it's really easy if you look at it. It's And pulling your attention to the now where no problems ever exist in a given moment. It's always in the past or in the future. You should try it. Like when you when you are the happiest, it's because you are in the, here in the now, like holding the baby in your hand, right? When you hold a newborn, that experience you get because you're paying full attention not to drop it down. It's like you're right there. <laughs> Precious. <laughs> yeah, totally right there. And that's all it takes to be here in the now, to focus and have uh, intention in your doings, right? There should be, just don't do things because your hand is just doing it. But having an intention behind your actions, I think is huge. It helps, you know, your individuals, marriages, uh, you know, your own life, you know, mindful of what you're eating, mindful of what you're looking at. Like, are you watching too much Netflix or, you know, kind of mindful of all the sense organs, right? What are you doing with those sense organs? What are you listening to? What are you looking at? What are you talking? You can just be mindful. Life becomes so much more simpler. Oh, I'm ready to go out in the world. I'm not. I'm just here. I'm just in the moment. <laughs> I just zoned in. I'm like, yes, I'm feeling this. I don't know if I get too preachy, but I get so passionate. I love it. Yeah. This, about this that I just need to find a good way. And that was my way of trying to get this out into the world of my 18 years of experience with mm-hmm. Like how can, people kept asking like, how are you so happy with all the life-threatening things that have happened with you guys? Like I have many other stories of my daughter's condition, putting us in different situations. And uh, I've always seen myself you know, come out of it, you know, stronger and making her stronger. And it's only because I think it was being mindful all the time. And how do I say this? How do I teach this? Or I feel like I owe it to the world to tell that this is powerful. And our own people, we had this, like, just like yoga or, you know, Ayurvedic eating or healthy eating, vegetarian, vegan eating, which comes from, a lot of it comes from India and, uh, you know, the history and the science behind it. There is so much science that I can't even finish it in, you know, maybe 10 hours. That's so much science behind this whole energy-oriented art. It's all sand and it's all, like if you hit on a table, which is which has sand on it, which a, a metal table, you will see it forms symmetric form, uh, symmetric yeah. shapes, Ooh. right? So it's it's all sound. And if you go into the traditional cultural way of doing it. I'm taking classes from a teacher in India right now. It has like all these Sanskrit, um, if you go to the spiritual side or 
all these hymns that come out of these uh, huge scriptures, every hymn has a has a rangoli. That's what it's called in India. It's because it's those vibrations that created that symmetric art. And yeah. that's how smart these people were thousands of years ago, creating this in front of the house every single day. So positivity comes in. It's all good luck to do that. And so there is so much, I think there is so much more in my product roadmap. I have I have it all written up. I'll get there when the time comes. <laughs> it's all <laughs> like, happening at the right time. It's all yes, happening. It all happens time. at the right time. And uh, whatever comes my way, I keep grabbing it and uh, experimenting. Well, we, we thank you for sharing your gift with us and our audience because we're better for it for have for you sharing. So if you if you didn't start this business and you kept all that knowledge to yourself, it would have been a disservice to us all. So tried to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't. You let go. Thank you. Yeah, because I had that fear in the beginning. It's like a lot of my uh, Indian cultural group friends and everything. A lot of us know this. I'm like, oh, yeah. the I put this out, it's gonna go. But I'm like no way nobody can have this passion like mine it's gonna even if I can serve a hundred people whom yeah. I know that's all matters to me it's it's along with everybody else's journey it's my journey for the to begin with right it's at yeah. the end of it it's my journey so whoever comes my way gets it <laughs> I, I love yeah. it thank you so much for joining us this is a a real pleasure we could uh Sorry, I got a little tongue-tied. A real pleasure. And uh, mm-hmm. like you said, we could keep talking for a very, very long time. <laughs> but we'll call Thank it here. You Thank so you much. so much. We really appreciate your time. And like Laurel Thank said, you. sharing yeah. your gifts. Yeah, come on to dotyourminds.com for, you know, sign up and we'll connect. It's D-O-T-U-R-M-I-N-D-S.com. Dot your yeah, mind. That's Thank right. you, Bonnie. Thank you. All right, send it, Jessa. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Orion Podcast. If you're looking for a thoughtful gift for yourself or others, shop ethical jewelry with a story at article22.com. Enjoy 10% off qualifying purchases with promo code ORION10. That's www.article22.com and code ORION10. Enjoy!